0: We're going to take a little turn backward here and go back to Psalm 53 tonight. God willing, we're making our way through Book 2 of the Psalms, which ends in the 72nd Psalm. Psalm 53, almost word for word, Psalm 14. But Scripture is divinely inspired, and so if there is even the slightest difference between Scriptures, there's a reason. There's a divine reason, and uh, Psalm 53 would be later than Psalm 14, David saw fit to deliver the same, practically the same uh, song, psalm, uh, to the people, pray the same prayer, but with very, very minor uh, differences. And of course, there are always reasons for that, but we're going to look at this tonight. Psalm 53, I call it, I entitled it The Atheist Fool, The Atheist Fool. Well, let's look at it together. First of all, the Bible defines a fool. Here we go. Now my, again, my my verses may be a little different than yours, as I keep telling you, mine come from the from the Hebrew Bible and sometimes they number their verses a little differently for the conductor or the chief musician on machala machala now psalm 14 is different there here the title says that this is upon ma chalat. The, the root word is chalat. Ma is a prefix. And what he means is, and the root word means disease. So he says, this is a, a song about disease a mascal of David, mascal, a contemplative ode. So the very title begins to give us some information. This addresses disease. Verse two, or my verse two. The fool said in his heart There is no God. So the word for fool is someone who is without sense. He's senseless. He further is described as we go into the psalm. But his first problem is he said in his heart, this is a heart thing. There is no God. So he's an unbeliever. We went through Proverbs recently, and we saw how that the acknowledgement of God is the beginning of wisdom. You can't, you, can't, you can't deal responsibly with life, and if you can't handle life, you can't handle the things of life, which would be school or work, anything. So if one is to handle life responsibly, And is to live a balanced life, he must acknowledge God. If that doesn't happen in his life, his life goes crazy. And we saw that in the Proverbs. These descriptions of these people who didn't believe in God and they they spun out of control in every way. You know, there's a good illustration of this in the world, isn't there? The world, almost exponentially it seems, is becoming more God-hating and Christ-denying, and Bible-disbelieving with each day. There are even things debated in Congress that, I, that are unthinkable. I never could have dreamed, even ten years ago, that such things would be debated in the higher, highest halls. of of government, unthinkable things. So, I can tell you biblically that that will lead to chaos and collapse. It happens to an individual. It will happen to a society. Because the fool said in his heart, there is no God. So everything about that fool is baseless and senseless and has to spin out of control. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They have dealt corruptly. They have committed abominable injustice. No one does good corruptly unrighteously there is no sense of, of righteousness in the heart of a fool his heart's dark and without God in his life only darkness will flow from him his life out of his heart that's all that will ever happen He may falsify himself from time to time if it thinks it helps him in his particular life. But he always falls further down than where he was before and will always deal unrighteously or corruptly. They have committed abominable injustice. Now, the the Hebrew word, for injustice is that word right there. Avel. Avel. And it has to do with morality. It's that word right there. So they have committed abominable immorality. That's, that's another way to say it. That's another way to, to translate the word. All right, fool, senseless person declares no God. So he's godless. Therefore he deals. This means in life. This means in relationships. This means in everything he deals unrighteously or corruptly. That's his nature. That's what naturally comes from him because there's nothing there to save him or correct his nature. That leads to a commitment of abominable immorality. Now these are natural fruits of a nasty and poisoned tree. Unrighteousness, corruption, and abominable immorality. No one does good. He he can't. Unless and until God arrests that person, God comes into that life and captures that person all by grace. Unless and until that happens in that person's life, it just keeps going like this. Corruption, abominable immorality, inability to do anything good. It isn't your mama saying to you about somebody that you ought not to be hanging out with, well, he ain't no good or she ain't no good. It's God saying that. He ain't no good. That's pretty powerful testimony coming from God. Fool, senseless, brain dead. It is so easy. I say this a lot. It is so easy to prove The existence of God. It's very, very easy to do. There's several ways to do it. A person just has to agree to about five logical statements and the only thing left for him to conclude is there's a God. It's very easy to do. You have to be You have to be irrational and illogical and and purposefully lie in those questions if you're going to finally never draw the conclusion that there's a God. So no wonder the Bible says, the fool says in his heart, the senseless person says in his heart, there is no God. His life is one of corruption, His life is one of committing abominable immorality or injustice, and he just can't do good. He's no good. So there's the definition. Now, the Bible concludes universal depravity. All right, so let's look at this. My verses three and four. God looked down from heaven upon the sons of men to see whether there is a man of understanding. The word can also mean comprehension. Who seeks God. It takes comprehension in the process. They are all dross. They're, they're waste. They're, they're, you throw it away. They're not good for anything. It's dross. It's waste. Together they have become corrupt. No one does good, not even one. What does it say? Together. Together. They all are dross and together they not only are corrupt, they join themselves to those others who are corrupt and they continue to grow in their corruption. And not even one does good because there is no understanding, there is no comprehension. They are fools. Fools. Universal depravity. The human race is immersed in depravity. Only God can save us from our depraved nature. Only God can do this. If someone logically considers these things, he can come to this understanding, but and the word of God has to lead him, but where there's no comprehension. I've said this many times, The Bible is meaningless to unbelievers. They have no spiritual life. They're spiritually dead. The Bible is a spiritually alive book. The Word of God spiritually is alive. And when a person who has been born again, when a person who is spiritually alive reads the Bible, he is actually receiving a conversation from God. He knows it, I know it, you know it when you read the Bible. And I'll tell you something else. You can read the Bible through and go back and read it through again, and it'll tell you different things. It told you some wonderful things the first time you went through it, and now you go through it again, and you're you're seeing things and reading things and understanding things, and you're having God to tell you things that for some reason He didn't see fit to tell you before, but it was right there, and it'll happen again and again and again every time you read the Bible. You'll get something new out of it because it's a living word. God is talking to you. He's conversing with you. This is, this is God by his spirit speaking through his living word to your spirit because you're born again. Now here's a person spiritually dead. He's a fool. He says there is no God. And he gets nothing. This, this is a foreign language. to He gets nothing out of the Bible. Nothing. It's because he's spiritually dead. The word of God is for the people of God. Now we all came to Christ because of the power of the word. But it only happened because according to Peter, God caused us to be born again. We can't can't spiritually resurrect ourselves. We don't have that. We don't have that. Of course we don't have that. Capacity, that capability. God can. So, without this comprehension, they're just good for throwing away. That's all they're good for. They flock together, mass corruption. So, here's what the Bible's telling us the Bible is telling us that where people, where corrupt people, don't believe in God or around others, they will amass themselves and they, without realizing it, they will become allies as enemies of God to oppose God. You see it in the world today. If, and you see it all through history, the despots that come along and all these things that happen through history. And God's people are rescued. God rescues us just at the right time. All the way through history, it's been that way. So... The fool finds his mates, his friends, and together they're, they're strong in their, in their amassing to corruption and they join their forces naturally and there's not one that does good. This is the danger of globalism, in my opinion. Of course, the Bible teaches us that it's going to happen at the close of the age. Globalism. There's a a massive denial in the world of the power of God, of the person of God, of the presence of God. So man has to come to his own rescue. We have to save ourselves. And we don't call on God. Well, that's foolish. That's, that's, uh, that's a fool. It's senseless. And it finally leads to the destruction of the present age. It's already written. We're already told. It's going to happen. The present age will finally collapse in destruction because of the fools who have denied God and had no understanding or comprehension. They think they're the wisest and smartest people in the world. They are under great delusion. They're in great deceit. They're in darkness. And they cannot comprehend the light. So this is what what we're being told here. They're waste. They're worth nothing. Not a single one of them does good. So the psalm concludes with fear and joy. I guess you might say bad news and good news. Did not the workers of iniquity know? Those who devour my people as they eat bread and do not call upon God. Now, here's what the Holy Spirit says through David. The mass corruption. It's like a beehive. Everything that flies in and out of that thing is a worker of iniquity. And it's going to feed on something that will strengthen its iniquity. The natural, the natural response to the existence of God's people by the fools of the world is to destroy God's people. That's the, that's the natural response of darkness. Darkness. So this is what he says. They devour my people and they do it just like they eat bread. It's a natural thing. It's a common thing. It's just, I got I to gotta destroy you. You're a Christian. I got to destroy you. Now, they do it singularly. Then when they come together and they begin to control pockets of authority and they assume greater authority, then what they do against the people of God is that their devouring becomes greater Those who devour my people, like they eat bread, and do not call upon God, it's just a natural thing. That's the natural reflexive action of a fool, of those who are corrupt and who live in abominable immorality and do not know God. Do not call on God. There they were in great fear. There was never such fear for God scattered the bones of those who camp around you. You have put these, he's addressing God here. You have put them to shame for God despised them. It takes the only way, our only hope as the people of God is the power of God. Well, what else do you need? You know, you don't need anything else. When Elijah was carried up, chariot of fire, whirlwind. Elisha said, there go the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Israel had a pretty good army, but Elisha was making the statement, the only thing that has preserved us from our enemies is not the chariots, not the horsemen, not the armies. It's the preaching of that guy right there who shook even the household of Ahab. There is the strength Of our people. So, God put them to shame, for God despised them. He rejected them. Now, here are these fools who create for themselves their own definition of God, like they did at the Tower of Babel. Let us make to ourselves our own name of deity. And therefore, they engaged in the project together to build their way to heaven. God struck it down. God rejected them. Here's our prayer. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. When God returns, the captivity of his people, Jacob will rejoice, Israel will be glad. In Luke's gospel on Sunday mornings, we've been following Christ's teaching on the kingdom. Who gets into the kingdom? Not the ones that everybody else thought would get into the kingdom. Here is the Old Testament re, uh, version of that. Now the salvation of Israel only comes through Messiah, the Christ. The natural, the, the natural process and progress of the salvation that Messiah brings is to turn the people of God around and then there will be rejoicing in Jacob and in all of Israel. Now that's, that's, that's yet to come. Of course, the salvation of the Lord Christ has come. But the salvation of Israel is yet in the future. Maybe not too far in the future, but in the future. And this will be the conclusion when the times of the Gentiles will be fulfilled and they will come to an end. And all of the fools will be cast into the lake of fire at the great white throne judgment of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we'll stop there and we'll have our uh, deacon prayer time.